Hey guys, this is Colin from Blackjack Apprenticeship and back by popular demand, <laughs> Grace the Gorilla. For those who don't know who Grace the Gorilla is, she is my wife of coming up on 17 years. Yeah. I feel like I should make some gorilla sound, but I'm just not going <laughs> to do it. And I call her Grace the Gorilla because she uh, was employed as a gorilla BP during the church team days. And so... Grace uh, has bet upwards of a couple spots of a couple thousand dollars. And over the course of several trips with me, had a mid five figure profit, but you were not motivated no. by the profit. You were motivated by something else. We'll get into that. Anyway, this is my wife, Grace, and uh, she's back by popular demand because I convinced her to do a uh, BJA only members only podcast on kind of like the last uh, 15 years or whatever it's been 10 years 12 years of blackjack apprenticeship and I just made it for our members just as something fun to hear how the business or the website or whatever has progressed the community and people said hey you, I want to hear about her blackjack exploits and have questions about how you guys you know how it was running teams or whatever all that stuff so we're going to get into that but let's start at the start, oh boy. which is, when did we meet? We met in 2002, summer of 2002. That's right. Where did we meet? We met up at a Bible camp. Yeah. and what On a little island in Washington State. <laughs> a quaint little island. <laughs> a lake on an island. A lake on an island, yes. Uh, that actually has an island in the lake. Oh, yes. On the island. We're not joking. No, no, there's... true. Yes. We did not meet on the island, on the lake, on the island. We met on the island. Um, And you were lifeguarding. I was lifeguarding for the summer. And uh, I was volunteering up there. And then I said, hey, I can lifeguard too, because I could. And uh, the rest, you know... And now we're about to celebrate our 17th anniversary. That's right. Six kids, 17 years, a few blackjack teams uh, later. Mm-hmm. And so we, so we met then 18 years ago, uh, we got married and I was not a card counter. You were not, um, but soon following. I had spent some time practicing w- with and without Ben and, and going to casinos a, a bit. And then I kind of put it all on the back burner and then we decided, Hey, let's get married and quit our jobs. <laughs> and <laughs> it's a we, great summer. I wouldn't say we were homeless, but we didn't technically no, have like a house up well yeah i had an apartment and then we decided oh let's just like yeah let's let's just kind of bum around that sounds <laughs> awful but to be fair uh your parents had two extra cabins yes uh on on their property and we're like and someone had asked us to house sit in downtown like uh university district of seattle so it wasn't technically bumming around we were mm-hmm. we had awesome places to stay we did and no jobs and savings. We had, mm-hmm. you know, probably at the beginning of the summer, eight grand in the bank. And then we lived off a couple thousand mm-hmm. and got an apartment. And I was like, you know, don't want to go back to Red Robin. Did this, signed up to substitute teach. You got a job. I got a job, full-time job Full at a time. dentist office. Um, and I said, hey, I'm doing the substitute teaching thing. But what do you think if on the days I don't get called into sub... Uh, if I go do the, try this card counting thing that I've spent. And at this time I was actually practicing, uh, on, on my laptop, you know, uh, horribly, I'm sure. But I, I thought I was practicing and becoming a legitimate card counter. Mm-hmm. And I asked you, well, yeah, what do you think if I take a third of our savings, $2,000 and try mm-hmm. this? Do you remember? 
this vividly? Yeah, uh, I guess maybe not vividly, but I do. I I don't remember being really reluctant. Um, I people have asked me this before, and I I feel like I tend to be a little bit more on the risk taker side. I like a little bit of adventure, and so I don't. I, it was never a red flag for me. If I remember correctly, after the fact, you kind of felt like, oh well, if. Colin gets us out of this, his system, you know, that's fine otherwise. Yes. Well, I knew that you, substitute teaching didn't seem like a long-term thing for you. Um, and I knew you were, you tend to be a lot more financially responsible than I was. Um, and I knew that you wouldn't allow us to go broke. Um, I, you're also not much of an idealist. <laughs> You're, you seem very much of a realist, and so I knew if it wasn't going to be working out, you were going to find something else to do. So I didn't have I didn't have fear about it. Yeah, I think that's one thing that helped, and we'll get into the questions after this. But I think one thing that did help is that with the substitute teaching and your income, we had enough to live off of. Yeah. So this was kind of like let me try investing. And that's really what I did believe it was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, even if that sounds, you know, sounds like a nice way of putting it. I was like, oh, let's try this. And if I would have lost it, whatever. But let's get into our first question. Okay. Which comes from Monkey, who says, I'd be curious about Grace's psychological state when you went to play blackjack with your savings and had a losing streak. Uh, what was the most psychologically demanding part of being at home and knowing your main income is going to come from cards? Well, getting into my psychological state is a scary thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but, uh, well, we did, like Colin said, we did have my income. Um, and I would say that we were, we, in our early years of marriage, we, I mean, throughout our marriage, I guess, we, we have we were very frugal at that time, and so we weren't spending a lot of money, and so we didn't have a lot that we need to live off of. So that that's that's one of the things I guess we weren't dependent on that as it, our income. Yeah, there, yeah. To me, I guess there's a couple parts. One is just playing playing with our savings, but it was it was a portion of our savings. It wasn't yeah. everything. Um, and we had set that aside specifically. Yeah. Like if you won or lost this amount. That's it. Which was kind of dumb with two thousand dollars. You know, my I didn't know this. I just didn't have betting software or anything, um, and so my risk was you know over fifty percent risk of ruin. I probably if I would have known better, known better, I would have been trying to talk you into you know maybe four of our six thousand dollars of saving. But the other thing is, I I took every substitute teaching gig I was offered. Right. Until until blackjack was proving to be much more profitable, but yeah. I think for those first three four months, I took every sub gig I got, and then this was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm not getting called to sub. Yeah, I do kind of remember that transition too, of like, oh, you're making more playing blackjack than. Hell yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that that was exciting, but it was I would get these calls at you know six a.m. that I was going to get paid offered 75 bucks to substitute French and I don't speak French, but you know, to babysit some high school. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd, I'd go and, and do it. And if I didn't get called, I'd, I'd go to Freddie's club and play until they closed at 10 AM and try to get a comp breakfast and then drive to the next. So one thing that we have not mentioned is that I was not 21 at this time. That's right. You were, you were at this point, you were 20. 
Yes. By the time I started playing. Yeah. But I remember not being, like, there was a few Washington State casinos that I that were 18 and older. Yeah. And I remember you trying to get in one time. Oh, yeah. Of course I would. <laughs> to uh, Grand Central <laughs> Casino at the time. It was called, now it's Great American Tukwila, um, mm-hmm. or I, I, if it's still that. And you just waltz right in, <laughs> and they ask ID, and you waltz right back out. Um, but uh, so that's, that's the one side is that, you know... It, just what it was like playing with our savings. I think the other part is losing because I didn't lose initially. No, and I do. I have wondered that. If you would have come home those first couple sessions and you would have lost all of our money, I, I, I am curious what, you know, how we would have handled that because we had agreed like, okay, yeah, you have this $2,000 and if you lose it, we'll be done, kind of move on. It's kind of, I mean, how, at least mostly how I understood or how we yeah. kind of agreed to it. Yeah, yeah and I, I mean... At the time, naively, I probably thought two thousand was plenty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I would have lost the two thousand dollars, I probably would have felt bad and mm-hmm. just picked up a second job or something. And and I probably, you know, unless unless I would have learned more or seen more success from Ben or, or someone else, I probably would have just given up on the whole thing. But as fate had it, I yeah one right off the bat. You did. And I, I think you're also, uh, you do your research and you want to be the best you can be at whatever you're setting your mind to. So I do, I can't even imagine if you would have lost all of that. And if you would have learned more that we, you know, maybe would have saved up and started all over again. If I would have lost, I would have like begged, pleaded for, for Ben to test me out. And then I would have realized how poorly I was playing and I would have tried to figure out what was going on with betting because I, I think I used a full Kelly criterion, but I wasn't accounting for how terrible the deck penetration was, all, all sorts of stuff. And I don't think Ben knew. I think he was just kind of made up a best right and went for it. But I, I think I probably would have like, you know, I don't think we even had internet at the time. So it would have been hard yeah. to do research back then. Yeah. Maybe I would have gone to Barnes and Noble and read books like sitting in Barnes and Noble, but I would have wanted to figure you it out. You are a numbers guy. You, yeah, that's you right. like your numbers, you like your charts, you like your statistics. So you would you would have gotten a pen and paper and figured it out. Somehow. And and while some of you might think she's insulting me right now, <laughs> no, I take it as a compliment. <laughs> um, uh, but there's a third part to Monkey's question, which is like. Just how, how were the losing streaks emotionally for you? Um, I don't think it affected me that much. Uh, I think I was, I think I would be bummed. You know, it's always, everyone knows. Everyone listening right now knows. You, <laughs> you want to you want to win. Yeah, we don't go there to have losing <laughs> well, sessions. Well, and it's not just you as the player. Of course I want you to come home and I want to hear that you've won. But that's, you know, when you also understand the math, you know that that's not always the case. And so I think... You know, you if you when not if when you came home with a losing streak, um, I I've yeah I think I was bummed, but it wasn't I wasn't like it wouldn't get me down I guess. Yeah, um, were there ever times? This isn't exactly what he asks, but he says you know knowing your main income is going to come from cards. Were there times maybe later when, um, you know, we were fully living off of my blackjack? Were there times where that was you know scary for you? Yeah, and I th- honestly, I think um, I was probably more affected by it, maybe as how it affected you. Yeah. Because I, I don't think I was as worried about our finances and paying our bills and 
as you were. Well, <laughs> I think you felt a lot case, more yeah. of that weight than I did. So yes, Grace is never like, "How much money is in the bank?" <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> or where, where, how are we on our financial goals? Or anything like that. That's that. Uh, but I, I've always been that way. I mean, I remember being in fourth grade and like saving up a couple hundred bucks because I want some RC car, and I didn't buy it because by the time I saved it up, I wanted something bigger well, and better. I was a saver too when I was a kid. Yeah. But it, it just, it, I just don't feel the same pressure okay. that you feel. Yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe that's that's valid. And <laughs> yeah, so losing streaks would be hard for me. Um, either running teams or playing simply in wondering how it's going to impact, you know, uh, our, our goals or whatever. I always trusted the math, but like, it's a little bit different trusting the math when it's like, Hey, we just closed another bankroll (laughs) than it is trusting the math when it's like, Oh, wow. Uh, you know, we got a little bit more of a hole to dig out of and yeah, you generate EV and all that stuff, but it can, it's, it'll turn around. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Colin, trust the math. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, I know that all I can control is go out there and play another mm-hmm. session, but it's not fun to come home after a losing session, but no. you, you never, you never seem to like let it get you down. I don't believe it did. Not that I remember. Moving on. Lucky asks, were there any struggles in trusting the math as a couple starting out? <laughs> so this is similar, similar, mm-hmm. but different. I mean, did you even ask me about the math? behind it that doesn't seem like a question you would ask me to be totally honest I think I always struggled in math and I I think that's the reason why I hated it um and you just happened to graduate with a math degree (laughs) so I think uh I think I always felt a little um what's the word I'm looking for just like you had to trust trust me on it yeah, I think I just felt stupid. Like you know, this is—it's not completely fair to say you always struggled at math because you were fine at it, and then you had didn't you have like not a very good teacher, and then algebra started getting confusing, and and it I all, wanted it all to went I, well in high school too. I wanted to be in the math with my friends, and they were in some AP math oh. class, so I jumped a year. I convinced them to jump oh. me a year, and I yeah. Was a really so bad year. you know, you you can't skip your training. No. You know, you can't skip steps <laughs> in your training. You don't move on to deviations until you have basic strategy down. And you tried to do that in well, high school. You, you were not in my life at this time. Yeah. Well, you know, and I didn't even know because <laughs> I probably was trying to learn deviations before I knew basic strategy. But that's, I think that that's unfortunate because I think a lot of people say, oh, I'm, I'm bad at math. And mm-hmm. it's something like that, that they had a poor teacher. Or, I'm not saying everybody's good at math because we have kids and some kids are naturally good at it and some have a harder time with it. Yeah. But I don't think it's fair to say you were always bad at math but at that point you did not have a lot of confidence in your that's what I wanted to say I did not have a lot of confidence in my ability to question the math but again I've I feel like I tend to be more of a risk taker so I and I think if things would have turned around and not gone well uh and I think we would have figured something else out yeah a little bit of a ready fire aim personality (laughs) Uh um And I, you know, I, I read a book and knew a person doing it. And that, you know, uh, seemed to be enough for me to trust the math. Mm. Um, and I, some of it was that we were just winning early on. And then by the time, uh, before we had any, you know, being on a team's 
collectively, we were always generally on the upward trajectory. The first, I'd say, three to six months, which is kind of crazy to think. You know, I had losing streaks, Ben had losing streaks, Jeff had losing streaks, but collectively, we seemed to be winning. And then by the time you know, before any losing streaks, I had betting software and it all, and I'd read more books and it all just, I mean, I fully trusted it at that, at that point. And you, and, and you saw the results, um, which is kind of funny. It's, it was anecdotal for a while, but Mm -hmm. you know, now fortunately with things like the internet and blackjackapprenticeship.com, uh, uh, you know, and I'm uh, joking, but gambling with an edge, all, all these resources now, yeah. um, you know, QFID and, and his software, there are all sorts of uh, resources now, but we just, I don't know, I guess we we didn't struggle too much to trust them out. Uh, our next question comes from me, which is great. So what is your favorite blackjack deviation? <gasps> I can't answer that. Come on. No. You, you've played. What? Splitting no. tens. Yes. Splitting tens. All right. That's there, it. You have it. There you have it. <laughs> Splitting tens. Grace's favorite blackjack deviation. Uh, I would have gone with maybe uh, doubling a soft 21. That, that might Ooh, be. Ooh, yikes. Yeah. yeah. Which also involves splitting tens. So it's kind of kind of a <laughs> icing on the cake. Moving on. Stewardship asks, uh, be very curious to learn how much detail, if any, did Grace want to know from you on your blackjack sessions early on? Did did you share the dollar amount on wins and losses or leave it vague? Um, he says that he and his wife are deciding, trying to figure this out right now them, themselves and that uh, he can stomach the swings maybe more, more than she can. And the, anyway, so I don't remember how much I shared with you the details or I think I probably just shared everything because I was jacked I was just excited yeah I do I remember that I feel like we shared you know the big part of our lives we communicated well (laughs) um and you would get really excited um especially in those early days and so yeah you'd come home and tell me all about it yeah I it's it's really hard for me to remember to be honest I mean I know I won those first couple of nights and I was excited mm-hmm. and I started kind of slowly losing it back I think I had I don't have very good records from back then but just based on how much I know I was playing I think I had a 200 plus hour losing streak in my first you know six months of play mm-hmm. um but I don't think I knew that that was bad then yeah <laughs> and so I it I was it was so new and I, I was so excited. It it wasn't getting me down like a 200 hour losing streak now would be more frustrating and painful than it was yeah. back then. So I don't really remember how much, but I do remember the bankroll growing and, and us talking about it and it was exciting and all new. Yeah. I think I was always curious. I mean, I was always curious. I wanted to know. I, I never, it was never like, oh no, I can't, I can't hear, you know, the ups and downs. I can't handle it. Yeah. I think I always wanted to hear, um, I definitely wanted to hear about, you know, the exciting stuff of, you know, what, you know, different interaction with the pit boss or what comps you got. Um, I think the, the comps were always interesting to me. Yeah. I, I couldn't wait till I could get in there and take part. Yeah. So it, it's, I apologize, stewardship. It's a little bit hard to remember, but, but we didn't have issues of... You know, me being like, oh, I lost again. And, and Grace being like, oh, no, how could, you know, yeah. what are we going to do? Because, again, we we 
got married without much money and not needing much money and not even caring about having much money. And then when this started to happen, it was just really fun. Any, any, any profit or success was kind of fun and exciting. Well, and I think if it's, if they're asking the question, I don't think there is any definitive answer. I feel like all personality types and relational dynamics are so different. And so it, I can see where some couples might choose to, I don't know if you like once a week, you know, you check in or once a month or after a certain amount of sessions, uh, sharing ups or downs. You know, I, th- I think it's just every uh, couple or relationship has to figure it out. I agree. And I think this really comes down to one of the things that Blackjack or, you know, Advantage Play exposes is just how people emotionally react to money and mm-hmm. risk. Yeah. Um, and then in a relationship, it comes down to trust and money and risk. That is the big one. So I think um, we were both comfortable with the risk. Mm-hmm. And I think I trusted my, like, I know you're, uh, I think my parents thought I was going to like become a gambling degenerate. Um, but I uh, love you, mom. I know you apologize. <laughs> about it so and my dad wanted you to work with your hands that's right i i was i wasn't working hard enough for how much money i was making but um i i knew myself that i you know i always had savings i wasn't someone that was gonna like you know i trusted myself with the money you trusted me Mm -hmm. with the money so then the other thing if it's not trust it's going to be just fear around money and i don't think we had that it was like we had nothing to, we had very little to lose. Yes. Well, I guess right. we could have lost a few thousand dollars or when the bankroll grew, we could have lost, you know, 50 mm-hmm. or a hundred thousand dollars, six months or a year in. Mm-hmm. Um, but by that point I was keeping risk of ruin at 1% mm-hmm. and felt good. I think, but to answer the question for, for you, if you and your significant other, you know, spouse, whatever, you're trying to figure this out, I, it really does expose like. Do you trust each other financially? Mm-hmm. Um, and do you are you on the same page with risk tolerance? I think those are really important things. Yeah, those are huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if there are trust issues, you got to work through those. You mm-hmm. know, um, this is blackjack's just going to magnify any totally. Trust issues. Yeah, what do they say in marriage? It's like money, sex, and in laws, or something like that, mm-hmm. or like the three biggest family. Yeah, family. Yeah, um, and money. Money's a big one. Just like. Are, do you have the same goals financially? All that stuff. Um, so anyway, make sure you're on the same page with with that stuff. And then you can determine between the two of you the best approach. Does she want to know after every session? Or is she like, you know what? It's kind of stressful for me. Just uh, my personality. I don't, I don't want to know. Um, in that case, then figure out how often. Or if you say, look... There's going to be all sorts of swings. I want you to just wait. You know, that's what uh, SD1 did. He's like, just wait 200 hours. If you trust me with this, just let me play 200 hours so then I'm not feeling pressure on top of the pressure I'm putting on myself. Um, I, I wonder if it's also beneficial to... I, I was thinking about those early years in Blackjack, and I was I was more of a spender than you were, and yet, you know, you'd be coming home with you know 10 straps (laughs) but you know we're talking about keeping a pretty tight budget yeah 
And so I think that was hard. You were you didn't have a problem uh, having a really tight budget and not spending much money. And I, I wasn't running out to want to buy some Louis Vuitton or coach bags, but I wanted to spend money on... Gifts for family gifts or for people coworkers. or, you know, trying out new recipes and, you know, needing yeah. some strange expensive food for it or so you know like different things like that so I think that was part of a struggle in in those early years you're coming home with lots of money and but we were kind of on a different page maybe budget wise at at least at that time absolutely and that's where the communication so this is what our friend Lucas Cole says he says a budget is just a communication tool Mm -hmm. a budget should be a way for a couple to come together and say hey what are our values and how are we going to spend according to our values? Mm-hmm. But to me, a budget was like, oh, how do we live off as little as possible? Mm-hmm. Because I didn't know it, but I'm just entrepreneurial and I like growing things. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what I wanted to grow a bankroll towards. But mm-hmm. uh, And I tend to be on the YOLO yeah, side. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Let's uh, pimp out our, our turtle aquarium. <laughs> and, and I'm like, but the bankroll, let's grow this. Let's grow this bankroll. And in theory, like I agreed with you, but I think there was also just that secondary part of, I mean, it, it is a strange thing when you're coming home with 10 straps out of your cargo pants <laughs> and, but it's like, we're having ramen tonight. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, totally. So I, I think that's a huge lesson we've learned mm-hmm. is that you got to be on the same page with your financial goals mm-hmm. um and be aligned on that because yeah. i just didn't i yeah we didn't know that we didn't know how to talk through that and we had to figure out kind of the hard way um and so that was a lot on that question so let's move on small town guy says colin has alluded to his religious upbringing and some resistance he faced from others for his decision to count cards was this an issue you need to reconcile for yourself if so how were you able to hmm you know what, in the, especially in the earlier days, uh, or yeah, earlier days, I think the question, like it was, I, I feel like I remember, you know, I'd introduce myself or I'd meet someone and it inevitably it was like, oh, please don't ask what my husband does. Please don't ask what my husband does. And you know, it was like, we would come up or I would come up with some different answers, you know. Short-term investing. That's what I always say. Short-term <laughs> investing was um, the most common one. And a lot of people were like, oh, okay, and move on. Yeah, and then at other 22 people, years old or whatever we were, no yeah. one asked. And then, but some other people, oh, what kind of investments? Yeah. And it'd kind of be like that, oh, shit moment. <laughs> <laughs> like, are we really going to get into this right now? Um so I, you know, it depended on the person. Um, I, I think we felt, or I felt, uh, judged by some people. Not um, felt, I think. Coming we from were judged. Back, definitely. By a lot of people. Uh, maybe, but, you know, maybe rightly, maybe I would have, yeah. if I hadn't stumbled into card counting and then some 20 something year old kid is like, oh, yeah. I short term invest at the casino. I'd be like, you're an idiot. But yeah, I mean, we, we even deal with this now and, you know in different ways I feel like we've matured a little bit since then so we have a little bit different approach but um but there it has been all across the board of kind of feeling like uh who cares what people think I I don't and then really caring what people think yeah. and um so it, yeah it's been all across the board some people I love it when people are like you, they get a smile on their face and it makes them like they have just like, I'm really curious now. Yeah. 
And I, I love that response. Um, and then there's a lot of people that kind of basically just turn the back and walk away. Yeah, or their face start like turning red. Because, yeah. Because you can tell that it's like... Yeah. They're, they're, it's producing a totally different emotional response. Yeah. But did you have any, you know, did you have oh, to... No. I don't... <laughs> I don't think I've ever been one to uh, care too much about. Yeah. I I think my guess, it's really hard to remember, but my mm-hmm. guess is when we were dating and I was teaching myself card counting, I had all these questions, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, we would like, you know, Twitter, uh, pit, what is it, Twitter pated, <laughs> Twitter pated. We would like talk on the phone for two hours every night. Um mm-hmm. And so I probably was like, oh, yeah, I don't know, you know, thinking about this blackjack thing and and it doesn't say in the Bible not to gamble and, and you know, are we even gambling? It's investing, whatever. But I, my guess yeah, is you're we, right. we, we did, probably talked I, about it. I think I did go back and forth um, whether I felt it was a noble thing to do. But I, I think I also knew you weren't... Like, it's you didn't have the gambler attitude in you. You weren't like the ploppy type. No. So nope. it, I felt like your heart was in not in the place where probably people assumed it was because of your profession. Yeah, and I would say at this point, after answering this question for uh, <laughs> sorry, are we six, long-winded? No, no, no. I mean, after asking the question, other people are like, oh, what do you do for a living? Mm. Versus, you know. 16 and a half years now we've been answering this question yeah kind of learned uh to it it depends on their their reaction you know mm-hmm. if, if people shut down all right then that's it mm-hmm. if people have seem curious then you can go further into it but i think probably if it i think i probably tried to convince people it was not bad and now i don't even bother if they're yeah. if they just like think you know card counting is like sounds like the most horrible thing and you know why uh how can i do something illegal <laughs> right but it's also not your opening statement when no. people ask usually it's, i don't think it's, it's ever been my opening no statement. <laughs> uh i no there probably was a season there probably yeah. was a season where i was just like screw it and i freaking think this is awesome mm-hmm. and they can think think it's awesome or they could think it's stupid but i'm just gonna tell them i'm a card counter um but yeah, you didn't really have resistance. <laughs> okay, next question is, at what point in your career did you decide that it was time to quit your job and do card counting full-time? Um, so this was, someone asked me this actually in an email, and, you know, we kind of, we spoke about that, that this question is kind of for me, but um, you can chime in. Thanks. Um we spoke about that we actually had enough to live off of it. Mm-hmm. So I, it's a difficult question to answer because for me, I quit substitute teaching when I just n- knew I was generating a lot more EV at the tables. Um, but it's a little bit of a unique situation because, you know, I was leaving my probably less, th- you know, maybe $1,000 a month job at the time. <laughs> I know it's kind of sad, but uh, yeah. that's that's probably what I was, what I was making. Um, well, if you have a career where you've got a mortgage and you've got, you know, mm-hmm. bills to pay and all that stuff, it's yeah. a totally different decision about quitting your job to do card counting full time. Mm-hmm. And my advice would be as late as humanly possible. Mm. 
if you can pull the, you know, whether it's SD1 or uh, JC Rocks or, you know, um, some, some of the some of the people that have the job and count cards, that's that's going to be the best financially because you got the security of the job. You've got the extra income of car counting. Mm-hmm. But then if you reach a point where, hey, I'm passing up so much EV, I got to go full time. That's mm-hmm. that's when you make that decision. I was actually just listening to the podcast that you did with Stan today. Oh, yeah. And, uh, when I was out for a walk. And I think he said uh, he when he did the numbers, he it wasn't going to be until he had reached or he knew he could make twice as much. Yep. So I, I thought that was great advice. But I, I mean, if some if someone's asking, I don't know if they're asking for your advice or just what your experience was. But um, I think obviously that, you know, some people are more hustler, like have the hustle than mm-hmm. others. Um, so I think it, it's dependent probably on personality and grit. Yeah. You know, I'm now second second guessing my my answer. Okay. Because I think financially what I said I agree with. There there is another there's a cost too mm-hmm. of because I think the reason a lot of people become APs it's for the freedom and for the stories. And so mm-hmm. I, I think it does have to do with what you're giving up. Mm-hmm. If you're not giving up much then you know you could decide hey I'm just going to go for it. YOLO. Yeah. Um <laughs> You know, especially if you're really young, it's like as you get older, start having kids, then it's really tough. But I would say if you've got a career, you know, uh, a spouse, kids, all that stuff, you it's a lot, lot of more weight. to consider. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's a, a little bit more of a nuanced answer. It's like if you don't have much at stake, then you could just you don't need double, you know, double the income mm-hmm. if if you've got an easy easy way to get back to to where you're at. If mm-hmm. but if you know, if it doesn't work out as an AP, either financially or psychologically or the travel or whatever, and it's going to be hard to get that career back, that's that's a lot more complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are. There are a lot of things to consider. A lot of things to consider. All right. Big Tank. This is kind of a vague one, but he says, Grace, what are some of the ups and downs of being married to an AP? Mm. So just what, what comes to mind when you hear that question? I, I mean, I tend to my first reaction is there are a lot of ups yeah so what are, what are the ups um i i think for us um i without thinking about it too much i would say the first thing that comes to mind is just the flexibility um i think you having an entrepreneurship type spirit in you it means something different for us and our family but um, I think one of the things, yeah, is really the flexibility. I, th- I think I've always loved that. I th- maybe it's my adventure spirit. I don't want to feel like I'm tied down at any one particular time. I want to feel like we can get out and do whatever and be on the road. Um, so I think that's maybe one of the biggest things for me. Um, well, actually, no, I take that back. Maybe that goes second to, or maybe not, maybe it goes along with the flexibility, but having you around. Mm. Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I I feel like it's funny because we get in these times with our kids, we're like, oh, dad is working again, or dad, oh, dad, where's dad? He's always, like, always gone. It's like the hand of the face, like, guys, you have no idea how good you have it and how much more time you have with your dad than any other dad you know. Um, 
so I think, yeah, just having you around a lot is probably the, the two biggest ones, the flexibility and you being around. Yeah, I think we, we really did stumble into this. I think card counting was supposed to be this way to supplement mm-hmm. my income, but as it became a full-time thing, um, the the thing that that became incredibly addictive is that work fit around our goals. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it wasn't that our whole life fit around work. And that's not realistic for everybody. Yeah. And so I'm not saying everyone needs to do that or should even try to do that or should even want to do that. But for mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. Um, that fit. I mean, even before we were married, the one thing we both knew we wanted to do was travel. Yeah. And we've been able to travel without mm-hmm. kids, with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Yeah, that I can, you know, fit work around our our values, you know, family and, and our faith and, and things like that. Maybe I just actually now realized, I don't know if you've ever put this together, but my my dad was a firefighter. And yeah. I, so he would have 24-hour shift, four days off, 24-hour yeah. shift, two days off. And I think, like, that, it seemed great because I had a lot of time with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think... Maybe it was similar to you. You'd go on yeah. these blackjack trips and you'd be gone for a period of time, but then you'd come back and we'd have all this time with you. Yep. So I, th- I th- maybe it was just something I was kind of used to, but um, I feel like that worked well for my family growing up and mm-hmm. it's worked well throughout your blackjack career. Yeah, I agree. But what about the, the downs. The downs. <laughs> I The thing that comes to mind is when you are able to make your own hours for any married couple or family mm. when the dad or husband or father is able to make their own hours it felt at different times and this is something that I feel like I struggled with is you when you would be like okay I'm going to go out and get in some you know time at the casino tonight uh, I felt like you were choosing to be away from us. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, so you don't want to be with me? And I, I wouldn't say I'm like a really, you know, what's the word I'm looking Clingy for? Or Clingy or I w- I'm not, I wouldn't say that that's in my nature yeah. typically. And so, but it was like, oh, okay. I mean, I, I wasn't that much of a, I didn't have that much animosity towards you when you'd go out. But I, I think that was tough. It's just... Oh, it felt like you were choosing to be away mm-hmm. from us or from me at that time. Yeah, I think that was really early, early on. It was early. Um, on. The the first first year of marriage, and yeah, we're newlyweds, mm-hmm. and then I'm I'm you know, like, hey, I'm gonna go to the casino and leave you home alone because you're not old enough to go to the casino. <laughs> um, and it, but uh, it you know we worked through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you would feel like I was choosing, and I was feeling like, hey. This is my job, but... Well, and I do... You're right. It, I felt like that uh, attitude or mentality was earlier on, because as soon as it started closing bankrolls... Yeah, it changed. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah. But ironically, I think I was... You know, it wasn't like, oh, I, I want to get away from my wife, mm-hmm. but I had never had something entrepreneurial before. Mm-hmm. And it it was like... It was so exciting the Mm -hmm. thought of going out there and seeing you know what I could do to contribute to this bankroll growing I just remember that that first year or two of blackjack um Mm -hmm. it didn't feel like work it you know yeah so it it is a tough thing because Mm -hmm. it wasn't that I 
just wanted to get away from you, but I did like going out and that, yeah. and, but then, and for you, it felt like in, at least initially like, mm-hmm. Oh, he's choosing blackjack over me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I'd say this is definitely an issue. It's not just us. I, I played on a team with a guy who said his, the way his wife put it is I would rather you work twice as many hours, but be forced by a boss to work them yeah. than to choose to go out mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. uh, at, Count cards. Mm-hmm. Um, just it's, that's how it made her feel. Yeah. Is like, oh, I'd rather you be forced to work more than to choose. Yeah. So, again, I think it goes back to the uh, different personality types and couple diamond or, you know, relational dynamics. Um, yeah. And goal. I think goals is a huge one. If mm-hmm. you're on the same, if you're saying, hey, this is where we want to go in our in our marriage or in our relationship like we want to we're here we want to go there well what's the best way to get there well it's you know through advantage play Mm -hmm. then there's support but i think there can be a lot of couples that they're not on the same page they don't have the same goals and one of them their goal is to you know grow bankroll which was my goal Mm -hmm. the other's goal was like uh or at least wasn't like involving a bankroll until bankrolls were closing and then then you're on the well i know it could work great for a couple who where maybe the wife is like i want my husband out of the house i love it when he's out of the house yeah (laughs) maybe that works great for those uh that relational dynamic and then i think there's maybe some i I should say husbands or wives because there's you know there's female and male ap's out there that's right um but for some an AP who's maybe more emotional, like has emotional swings, when you know, and then they come home to their spouse or significant other or family members, uh, and you know, if their emotional swings are ups and low, you know, ups and downs. That's that's got to be hard as a family to deal with that. So maybe it's like you know, that's more of a personality or psychological thing going on that's difficult for one and a family to deal with. Does that make sense? Yeah. So maybe, maybe don't bring your baggage home with you. Or deal or, with it before you become an yeah. AP, you know, mm. be aware of the emotional or, you know, maybe not having as much of an emotional attachment to money and finances if, if at all possible. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Money's money is a, a tool, not a goal. Yes. Um, so uh, don't don't let it have more power over you than really what it what it's there for. I was mm-hmm. thinking the other thing, you know, it, it it does come down to goals and communication, but maybe for some people it's like, hey, I need this as a hobby and an outlet, mm-hmm. um, and it's got but it's got to work for both people in the couple. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be that the spouse is like, oh, I understand that, you know, mm-hmm. I understand that you you know I've got my thing and this is your thing, or if it's not compatible. Mm-hmm. You might have to find another outlet or another hobby. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it, it breaks my heart because advanced yeah. play is such a great hobby. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's got to be one that both people can be on the same page about. Any more downs to being married to an AP? Well, can I just add to that one more oh, yeah. thing? I feel like uh, for any APs out there with kids, um, and I mean, I'm sure you're aware of this too, already, but I feel like our kids are so perceptive Mm. of our emotions and what's going on inside of us. Uh, And so I feel like, you know, if you can't handle the swings and you come home from a trip and your lows have got you very low, yeah, 
you know, that's, that's really difficult on family and kids mm-hmm. and just relationships. So I, th- I think that is a potential uh, downer for sure for AP life. Yeah, for the for the spouse or significant other of an AP and kids and yeah, totally yes, yes. Uh-huh. yeah. Like your kids know if yeah. you're short tempered or depressed. I come in the room depressed. and I'm like bummed and like, what's wrong, mom? Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's actually really really valid. That that um, it might be that you don't realize the impact. Um, you know, the, the, the travel, the, the losses, the back offs are having on you. You might be kind of immune to the impact it's having on you, but it could be affecting other people in your life. And, mm-hmm. and so, uh, be aware of how people are, are experiencing you and maybe even ask them like, mm-hmm. Hey, am I Debbie Downer mm-hmm. <laughs> whenever I've had a bad trip and, and, uh, be open to that feedback and seeing if it's, if it's still a good fit or, or how to work through that. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Mr. Fun says... Sounds fun. <laughs> I have a wife who supports me learning to count cards as a hobby for now. We have a one-year-old daughter and I have a full-time job. And my wife is not as gung-ho as I am about BJA and card counting, but is interested in at least learning basic strategies so we could potentially use some team play on vacations or after I retire. Um, any tips or advice for practicing as a couple or making uh, trips to casinos as a family, or just wife and I, uh, that would be great. Thanks for keeping the content coming during this unprecedented time. Hey, you know what? Uh, no one knew this pandemic was coming, and we're all just doing what we can do. You know, mm-hmm. um, putting out some extra podcasts and videos is the least the least that I can do during this time. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of a lot in in there there is I kind of broke it down into three things the first is tips for blackjack trips with kids what would you say I think that that was I can remember some great I mean I loved going on trips uh, we did a lot of road trips with our kids yeah we still um, do we still do um, but I think uh, part of the I mean yeah you really have to be flexible um, I, I don't know how long you know, if you haven't been an AP for very long, or if you have, you know, you can like, oh, this place has all these casinos and you show up and then you get backed off within 10 minutes. Yeah. And then we're back. So it was like not being able, if you have, if there's a spouse with kids who's maybe a type, well, I don't, I shouldn't say a type A personality because anyone could handle this, but I, someone who can roll with punches, Mm. um, because I remember, like, okay, we drop Colin off, uh, and I take the minivan and our kids, and we go to a park, and, like, well, we could be here for 15 <laughs> minutes, or we could be here all day long. <laughs> well, I'll say this. you, you got to be on the same page. Yes. Um, and fortunately, <laughs> with your adventurous spirit, I mm-hmm. remember rolling into casinos at, you know, 9 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. and you saying, hey... We're just going to sit here and like watch a movie on the iPad while you see if you can get us a comp room. Yes. <laughs> um, and, but, but we were on the same page with yeah, it that right. if I wouldn't have gotten a comp room within, you know, an hour or so, mm-hmm. uh, we would have gone to plan B. Um, yeah. and I remember, I remember you dropping me off at a casino. Oh, and it was so exciting because they had this single deck game <laughs> and I hadn't played single deck in a while. And, um. <clears throat> I did, I mean, it was like we stumbled across this casino and yeah. it was going well. I could have kept playing there 
all day, it seemed like. There was no heat. Uh, I was down five grand, but you mm-hmm. said, you know what? Me and the kids were done. <laughs> and so we're, you know, I yeah. was okay with that, leaving yeah. at a loss. And I haven't been back to that casino uh, yeah. in maybe 10, 10 years. Um, little, little, uh, oh, what were you going to say? No, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, even in the last year we've, we've done, mm-hmm. and it's changed where, on, I mean, we got to be on the same page. I know with this, with this last time, it was a place I felt I had a good chance of getting some hours in, but, mm-hmm. and if not, I was okay with, but it, we booked a place ahead of time Yeah. Um, because we knew where we were at. Hey, mm-hmm. we're going to get a nice place. Uh, it's vacation slash, you know, EV. Mm-hmm. But I think being on the same page. Yeah, and I th- I think we've grown a little. I I wouldn't recommend uh, other families doing exactly what we used to do because I think there was a lot. Of, we had a lot of young kids. Yeah. And so uh, not knowing where we were going to stay for, you know, like, well, we don't want to pay for a Motel 6 if, we, we, if you can yeah. get a comped room. With a, and so it yeah. was like... But we also, yeah, so I think just there was a lot up in the air and I think we were willing to be flexible and we were on the same page, but I wouldn't say it was all peachy and wonderful. I yeah. think there were some difficult times, but we, I think we were both on the same page as far as like, we're out here to get some EV yeah. and we get to be along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. I think being on that same page about how we're going to do this and, and being willing to be flexible, mm-hmm. I think with kids... Here's here's a pro pro tip on road trips with kids uh, that <laughs> AP related or not uh, that we figured out is you grill some chicken oh yeah ahead of time mm-hmm. before your trip like the day before you you season and grill on, on the barbecue or whatever a bunch of chicken mm-hmm. you get a cooler and that cooler will have said grilled chicken. Yes. It's going to have fruits and veggies. Yes. Cut up like celery and mm-hmm. peppers and carrots and all that stuff. Um, just some like simple. Some string cheese. Yes. Some go-gurts. Uh-huh. Uh, I would make like bagel sandwiches or regular yes. sandwiches. Something more compact and would stay together in the car. Yes. Because, uh, well, for, for us, it, stopping for lunch yeah. With even fast food. It's like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. Every, even if they don't have to go to the bathroom, if we're stopping, oh, for some reason they might have to and go. They're, and they're going to wait till it's, they, we've said, has everyone gone to the bathroom? No. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's stopping, it's going to be like an hour long ordeal. Mm-hmm. But, but even more than that is it's like, it's like 50 bucks to to get fast food now yeah. with, with as many kids as we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's like fast. So it's faster, it's mm-hmm. healthier mm-hmm. and it's cheaper. Yes. This is the trifecta yes. of efficiency on a road trip, faster, mm-hmm. quick, healthier, cheaper. Uh, so there, there you go, guys traveling with kids. There's your blackjack, uh, trip with kids advice. Moving on. The second is you said, um, or Mr. Fun said, trips as a family or just wife and I. And the first thing that came to mind, so I, I got an email today from Stan the Caddy and he, he had this awesome story of he was, you know, somewhere with another BJ member. They met up and they decided, hey, let's check out this casino. And uh, one of them was playing across the pit 
and he starts getting some heat and Stan the Caddy said he, he was like, starts asking the, the pit boss who is bringing said heat. He's like, hey, uh, when are you going to open up this tip? Basically distracted the pit boss for, you know, 10, 15 minutes until the, actually, I think it was Mike TV. It was the person who was playing. Anyway, the, the point is, this, it reminded me of the distracting wife. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, I loved that job. Yes, yeah, so so, what's the distracting wife? Well, I, I I even remember. I wish I could remember where it was, but I was very pregnant with one of our kids, <laughs> and I th- I think it was the dealer and the pit boss. Either like, I don't know, had their significant other who was either pre- like had a new kid or their wife was pregnant. Oh man, we talked for a long time. Yeah, there was no heat on... I think that might have been New Orleans, which, uh, very pregnant in New Orleans in, it was, what was it? Or was it Biloxi, maybe? Maybe Biloxi, yeah, anyway. Yeah. It was hot. Um, yeah, but... I made a mistake of of scheduling a, a baby moon to <laughs> New Orleans. I was thinking we were going to be kayaking oh. through the bayou. Oh my goodness. And it was, it was like August. I would step outside and I'd be soaking wet with sweat. And you'd be and like, let's I go back. I miserable. <laughs> yeah, but the casinos but, were air-conditioned. Yes, and I, I love that job. I mean, maybe it's not for every spouse or partner, whatever, girlfriend, boyfriend. Um, but I love that job. I, I mean, not even a job. I, I, if I could be sitting in the spa for a day, that would maybe be fun. But I think I prefer to be sitting next to you and Asking getting questions. my free drinks. And well, you weren't drinking alcohol. I wasn't drinking beverages. alcohol when I was pregnant. For those who freaked out there. Uh, <laughs> when I wasn't pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, no, but I, I would. It wasn't even like it was always purposeful. I like I had some fascinating conversations with some dealers and pit bosses. Or hosts, even. Yeah, and it, it, then I can focus on doing my job and mm-hmm. and uh, you know take some of the attention away from from my changing bets. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the third thing it brought to mind for me was asking about tips for playing as a team. Um, so we'll get in into that, but but there's a lot going to it. What would you say are just some basic tips for? playing spouse spouses as a team on a blackjack trip well uh, good communication and a lot of practice which yes so i think communication is the biggest one and yeah just like you would practice with a teammate going into whatever type of you know the gorilla bp or spotter bp spotter bp i feel like you really need to both know what you're getting into and so we we learned this the hard way because um, I've never practiced spotter BP. Me and teammates just were, we talked about it, then we went in and did it. And we really should have practiced it because, you know, all sorts of mistakes were made that cost You're money. You're only dealing with thousands of dollars. Yeah, and... yeah. Um, yeah, some expensive mistakes were made. So practice that before you and a teammate go and try spotter BP. By the same, we didn't, we practiced, you practiced blackjack. I did. But we did not we did not do a low stakes I don't no. think we did I think we just went we practiced it. in our living room but yeah we yes. did not uh and even that wasn't it not, was limited not, yeah I think that I would you know at this point by the time that we did this I'd been playing and running a high stakes team mm-hmm. for you know I don't know 
six, seven years. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable (laughs) throwing down the big bets, Uh uh, but definitely practice. And I was up for the challenge, but yeah. But let's wrap just as far as tips for going on a blackjack trip, playing as a team. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts on that? No, I think I I said the main thing. I think it's good communication. Uh, yeah. Is there something that comes to your mind? Well, I was going to say, as far as that communication, it might be, what are your goals for the trip? How much blackjack? How much fun? Comps, baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, because you don't want to be on a different page about that. And we did mm-hmm. talk about that. Like, yeah. I was motivated by... Helping, you know, the church team close another bankroll. You were motivated by the comps. And, and so we had to, you know, kind of talk through how much blackjack and how, how many shows and meals and mm-hmm. massages and, and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, it's been great sitting down and talking with you. Oh, thanks for having thanks, me. Thanks for coming on the BJ podcast. <laughs> and if you guys aren't completely sick of hearing us talk, I think I could probably convince Grace the Gorilla to come back on the BJ podcast and talk about our exploits, you being a Gorilla BP, answer everyone else's questions about actually playing and whatever else people have. Does that sound good? If, uh, I will try to set apart some time in my busy schedule. Yeah, yeah. Do you, you have a lot of, a lot of uh, things on the calendar? So many things. All right, so we'll be back next week to talk about Gorilla BP team play and answer the rest of your questions for myself and Grace the Gorilla. Thanks, guys. Thanks.